0: Oh, we are live we are live hello hello everyone hello family <laughs> warriors of light show family we are live here on warriors of light show with Bogone today we are here on episode 14 and we are talking becoming learning to let go which is a very exciting conversation that's so relevant right now especially with 2020 so please join us say hello to us in the chat box when you join if you are here joining us on zoom let us know that you're here with us if you're joining us on facebook you can use the comment section to say hello and we will also use the same uh, on Facebook, we will use the comment section to comment, to ask questions during the Q&A part of the conversation. And if you are here on Zoom, the chat is for chatting. And the Q&A is for any questions that you have uh, later in the Q&A part of our conversation. So you can see that in your gadget. Yes. Thank you. For joining us today. Talk Ruthie. I'm just going to quickly share this now and then we'll go jump in. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes, welcome, greetings, greetings, queens, warriors Light. Greetings, Nelly. Welcome, welcome, Gogo, to Warriors of Light, and we are so excited to have you here today.
1: Thank you for inviting me. Thank you, and greetings to everybody that is on the, on the platform and everybody that has joined. Yes,
0: yes. Uh, we are here to explore a very exciting conversation of Becoming which is such an endless and expansive conversation because it's a state of being that you constantly step into and uh, becoming and learning to let go, which is the same thing. So I'm really excited for this conversation and to have you uh, lead us in this contemplation, in this meditation.
1: I'm
0: So before we jump into the conversation, we begin by grounding uh, so that we can get centered and be connected, and we can do that collectively as part of a sacred circle, imagining that we're part of the sacred circle, and taking a deep breath and releasing The energies of the day, the energies of the week. We are still at the beginning of the week, but we can still release. And allowing ourselves to connect to our higher heart center. Coming to that heart center. Allowing ourselves to be within the stillness of the Higher Heart Center and release all that we are holding in this space and connect with the pure essence, your I am, that's held in the Higher Heart Center through the crystal diamond, within you, which you may see in your mind's eye, and you may see the liquid light essence, as a blue light essence, and begin to see that light essence moving from the higher heart going down to your solar plexus. To the sacral, the womb area. And past the root, base center. And moving down into the F. Going like a root into the F, past your F star, that's a couple of centimeters inside the F connecting with that star that connects you to Mother Earth and grounding yourself with the Earth star as you allow your grounding liquid light cord to connect with the crystalline core of the Earth the center of Mother Earth and allowing That connection to ground you as you begin to release even more all that you are carrying in your spirit, in your soul, and listen that to the earth so it may be transmuted by earth core, aurora life. And from the core of the earth, also begin to receive the diamond light, diamond white light, the healing light from the core of the earth that's coming back up through the same grounding cord and moving, shooting through the extra, past the soil, into your feet now, into the blood, into the bones, just activating, awakening you, connecting you with the primordial Mother connecting you with primordial wisdom that is coming from the crystalline core, moving throughout your whole body, covering your whole body and allowing that to cleanse and heal you. As it moves out of the body at the top of your head and it opens up to connect with the soul star, your soul star up above, And opening up all the way to you with the central, the great central sun. The crystalline field of God, of our holy mother, father, God, creator, who we invite into the space. As we also invite in the emissaries of God, our luminous ancestors, ancestral helping spirit. The counsels of our higher selves, our guardians and souls, our families that we work with everyone of us to invite them into the space to join us in communion, secret transmission with holy light, holy grace, and the holy spirit. And so it is so it is, and so it is. And we take one last deep breath in and out. And opening our eyes. Welcome back. Hope you're feeling much better now. Lighter, Coco. Um, yes, <laughs> yes, Coco. So, the conversation of becoming is such a broad conversation, becoming and learning to let go. And this process of becoming is part of the journey, especially when you are within the spiritual path, spiritual awakening, there's so much transformation that happens and so much that we navigate and move through and aspects of ourselves that we become with each level of, of, of this path, right? So, let's begin at, at 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 this conversation of what becoming looks like, and maybe we can begin with your own perspective, opening up with how your journey of becoming has been like for you within this life
1: so uh my understanding of 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 becoming you know. Sometimes, you know, when something becomes, it's you're building something. But a lot of the times we get confused that it means that you have to build on things that are currently in existence. But sometimes you have to break things down in order to rebuild something which is new and which is fresh. And that's what actually scares It scared me (laughs) at the beginning and it scares a lot of people that actually you have to shed a few things to become something new, you know, and you have to shed the ego, you know, you have to shed um, your, your perceptions about a few things, you know, you literally have to let go of a few things in order to make room for something new. Did I drop off or did? Um, I'm still here. I don't know. You, you got frozen there for a bit.
0: Oh, okay. It may do <laughs> that, but it's all fine. Uh, yes. Were you, <laughs> have you had completed your thoughts or I interrupted
1: that? No, you, you hadn't interrupted anything. So in essence, for me, becoming is almost building something. It's not necessarily becoming, but almost, have you seen like when a butterfly it gets, gets formed, you go into this whole hibernation thing, you know, and you when you come out at the end is something very beautiful and something very pure comes out of it. So as I was saying that sometimes we think that becoming is all about building only, but sometimes you have to let a few things go. You have to, sh- you have to shed, um, a lot of the dead weight that you've been holding on in the past go. And that for me, that was my journey in terms of becoming and in letting go of the ego, letting go of, um, my perceptions about the world as is, you know, and, and and really going into self and understanding who I am as a person. That mm. has been my, my initial journey into becoming. And it doesn't really look like how other people, uh, what other people are going through. It's my journey and understanding that it will never look like anybody else's journey. Mm.
0: It is very unique. And at the same time, even though it's unique, there is specific patterns that almost all of us move through. And one of those patterns is the the breakdown of the ego, as you are sharing. Everyone who's in the spiritual path, your ego will be deeply challenged, right? The ego being the identity that you hold about yourself that you believe to be you. And that identity is usually formed because of experiences you go through, right? And it can also just be uh, an identity you inherit, right? You inherit because of your, your culture, you inherit because of your ancestral lineage, you inherit it because of your gender, for example. And then you perform that identity right, and you believe this is who I am, and then you begin this journey. and then the question comes, is this really who you are, right, are you really uh, the good woman, and are you, is this the true essence of who you are, because we like to play out blueprints, and templates, and archetypes that we were given growing up, which are not necessarily the true self, right? And that's what the spiritual path is about, is to let go and release all these archetypes that we were given, that we inherited, that are in many ways sometimes limiting the true expression of the self, right? So wanting to go into that, we call that um, ego pathologies um, in Mm -hmm. psychology, uh, so, the ego pathologies, it's like so big. What are some of the ego pathologies that you moved through? And every one of us is different, but there are some ego pathologies that are quite similar that most of us, we yeah, are like, yes, I had to let go of this identity and this one and this one.
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh, there's quite a lot of, of, of things that I had to learn to let go. Um, first of all, is the seeking approval from society, you know, growing up, you get told that, no, you go to school, you get a job, you get a good job. Um, You get yourself a husband, you have kids and um, a good house and a car and everything. And all those things that uh, define what success actually looks like, you know, and for me, I had to almost let go of that identity because that, that ideal, not identity that ideal in the sense that it's not gonna look like that for everybody and if it doesn't look like that for you personally it doesn't necessarily mean that you have now failed you know and also the idea that um of being the constant the provider you know sometimes we we take on so much you know and we forget that we don't have to do some of the things that we're doing and we that's what, what do they call it savior there is a term for that is um, a compliment? sorry it matter i, I is think it it's the matter? messiah no it's the messiah thingy where you think that you can awesome. save everybody um and and you think it's your job you know to save everybody and take on other people's stresses and that's I had to let go Mm -hmm. and of and for for me um defining myself also based on the assets that I had you know um and yes they just said now the messiah complex you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they these things actually get imprinted on us from a very early age you know that you you have to do these things and you don't, you know? And now in my journey of becoming, I, I, I've actually seen that the people that I've been doing things for, they don't really need me. They can do mm. these things on their own. <laughs> I've just been making it, I, I think I've been doing a disservice by actually helping them in the process, you know? And I lost myself in that process in wanting them to, and it doesn't necessarily mean that I don't have to help all the time, but I need to know where I draw the line and say this is your journey, and you need mm-hmm. to walk this portion of your life on your own. You need to figure it out on yourself by yourself, and I don't need to help you through that. Mm.
0: Yes, that one is so big. I uh, I think for for people who who are in like a saver's based uh, jobs, for lack of a better word. So people where our job is to be in service to other people. There's always that. And it's also called the vow of service, where you make a vow that I will always be in service of others. I will always help other people. I will always be available to save the world, right? And it begins sometimes as like a noble idea. Right. And then it can in most times it actually becomes a trauma response. It's not necessarily that we're being noble by being in service most of the some some of the time. Sometimes it's the ego's way of creating order. Like that's what I discovered when I was moving through the same ego pathology where I realized being a firstborn in my family, firstborn in Daughter, as well as firstborn grandchild, um, it became almost like the way that I am, the expectation that's required. But at the same time, I will move towards that most of the time when there is chaos happening, like when the other younger siblings are doing something chaotic. And so to respond to that chaos, I will try to assign everyone all this responsibility and fix whatever is happening. Right. And it can also go deeper into, oh, I actually also did this with my parents, where I was like, I'll see chaos in the home. Let me fix it so that the chaos will not exist. Right. So we spoke also about how, like, sometimes there is the noble desire, but it can also move to, no, you are actually responding to trauma. You are doing this because you're trying to control something chaotic happening in your world.
1: Yes, it's that deep-seated desire to want to control everything around you. And at some point, you need to sit down and realize that you cannot control everything. You don't have the power. We all do not have the power. And in us trying, sometimes, when I, when I, did some time, when I took some time to reflect, sometimes all of these things, we call them noble acts, they're actually... It's maybe good for the person that you're doing it for, but it actually comes from a place of ego. You wanna, you know, you wanna get that compliment, and we may say that I, it's, I'm, I'm doing this out of the goodness of my heart and whatnot, but uh, it, it's not, <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. you doing it because you wanna look good and, and, and you, you know, that the, the good girl or the good boy, that compliment. Growing up as a child, you would get that, and it filters. off. And when you get criticized, it hits home, forgetting that criticism also has a place, you know, in helping us shape who we are. Because if we never have criticism, we, we become people who like, I've seen a lot of the people who don't get criticism. The minute that they get criticism, they become too defensive like there's nothing that you can tell this person and nothing and everything starts becoming chaotic from there and for for me it actually stems from the good girl good boy you know that thing where you where, you, where you're constantly seeking that type of approval mm.
0: and how 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 did this continue for you when you started going into your spiritual path like this idea of being the good girl wanting to to perform that role of the good girl? Like, how did this influence your journey within your spiritual awakening and your spiritual life?
1: And in a sense that I had to now start, not seek validation that I'm actually doing something good from the outside, you know? Um, You need to look within. And it's not necessarily that when you do something, you should seek validation. You should do things simply because it is right. It's the right thing to do, you know, and never doing it because you seek validation or you're seeking approval from somebody because it's a, it's, it's a tall order that never ha- seems to end. And when one task is completed, another one will show up. And when one task is completed, another one will show up. So you're constantly in the cycle where you're, you're, you're chasing and you never really have time to breathe, to really discover the things that you want to do because all the things that you're doing, you're doing them because you're wanting approval. But what is it that joy really wants to do? What is it that Nelly really wants to do? And what is it that you are here for? You know, your purpose, Mm -hmm. because I'm pretty sure you you didn't come to this earth to become the good girl or the good boy or whatever. You came Mm -hmm. here for a specific purpose and your ancestors brought you here and they chose you to be in this here at this particular point in time for a very good for a specific purpose. And Mm. that for me in my journey, I had to understand that they're not going to like it. There won't be, there will be people who are not going to like it. And I'm not going to get that um, praise and I'm not going to get the, the, the validation. And I just need to do what I'm required to do by my ancestors and by God. Mm.
0: Yes, that's always so difficult The um I I call it the wound of 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 belonging right like the approval when we want other people to approve our path to approve how we live our lives is because of the tribal energy to exist and to be part of the tribe you have to to perform a specific role and be like the other tribe members, right? And in ancient times, in primordial times, at the, the waves where tribes became important, if that conversation came because of like resources and needing to protect, you know, uh these resources. And so we created tribes, and with those tribes, we say this land belongs to us, right? And in those ancient times, if you don't have a tribe. You will not survive the winter because you will not have people to help you with, you know, with that with the resources because if they belong to groups of people and it's just you. So the idea of not being part of the tribe is actually very terrifying and it's not actually a mental thing. It's a blood thing. It's like even your DNA feels very attacked by the idea of you choosing to step away from the tribe, from the norm, from how other people are doing, because that is what kept the tribe safe. So now here you are venturing out and you're saying, oh, yeah, me, I'm not going to, I'm going to begin, uh, you know, these kind of practices. They look at you like, oh, my God, she wants to die because you're basically the (laughs) tribe. We'll out, and this is why parents struggle a lot when you are on this path they, mm. they don't understand why you're trying to
1: the, the tribe and i actually understand completely me being a parent when if one of my kids started doing something extremely different from i would also be a bit concerned but you also need to trust but at the same time in us seeking who we are and and us understanding that it's not going to look the same for other people like other what other people look it looks like for them we also need to understand that we actually do need the community but there's boundaries too much of everything is 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 not it's not a good thing you know there's 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 boundaries and hence that in 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 you know um you understand who you are and understand your community and find where you fit in 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 the greater in in the community, that's good. But if you try to almost mimic everything that you it that your community is doing simply because you want to appease people and not because this is your purpose, I don't know if it makes sense then it becomes problematic. I don't know if I'm making sense. Mm-hmm. The comu- being part of a community is who we are as a black people. We are communal people, but at the same time, we also need to find our own self within that community set- setting, um, which is a bit tricky. It becomes a bit tricky for a lot of individuals in say that, okay, I'm part of this bigger community. and where do I fit in, in in terms of this, who is me, you know, because the community will always try to dictate in terms of what you should do and what you shouldn't do and whatnot. And these are practices that have been there for many, many years. And because our ancestors probably saw it fit, that things need to be done in a certain way, maybe to protect uh, us individually from certain things, or maybe to protect the community at large from certain things, you know, Um, but at the same time, there needs to be boundaries. Um, I'll I'll make an example with Upash, you know. Um, there is instances where we all pasha as a community, you know. And then there's instances where we partner on our own as a as a person, you know. And there's instances where a family passes, you know, on, on as a as a collective, you know. And for me, you know. Um, that is telling that we all have our own guides, my guides, Nelly's guides, and then we have guides for the family, and we have guides for the for the community. And so, therefore, we need to find our own way to be ourselves in this communal. Say, um, yes,
0: yes, yes, absolutely. I love that. Um, because otherwise we will not be able to evolve and grow. And this path will require that at some point, you do have to have that direct relationship with your own guides, with God, and then you can come and share with the community or have sacred spaces where we are all doing that together. And one of the other things, about the wound of belonging. I'm discovering that it's actually an illusion. You cannot ever belong. It's not possible to not ever belong. And it's only a story that you will tell yourself because even if you do leave the tribe that you were part of, even if you move away from how things are done, from your particular tribe, you will find another tribe that does things the way that you are currently exploring them. So it's similar in how we are finding each other, people who are on the spiritual path, you know, everyone who's watching this. If you try to think about how you are watching this, you might not remember exactly how you found me, how you find Neli, how you found this show, but you found Right, which means this is the tribe. This is the tribe where you're moving towards, and that's why the wound of belonging is an illusion, and it's like being stuck on a hectare people will not work because there, there is always new people to go meet, and new people who will <coughs> like and understand you. You know, there are 7.5 billion of us. So it, this is one of the big realisation in this path that it's most of the ego pathologies that we speak about, they are stories we make up because of trauma. And it's moving through them that we will realise, oh, it was never as real as I, I thought it was. The pain is real, yes. The idea and feeling like, oh, my family does not understand me. It's a very real experience. Right. And there's a point where we can grieve for that and and be hurt by that. And it does take time to move through that. But that's not the end of the story. There is another story that there are people who are opening up and draining you in your path. And you will find support for yourself elsewhere. As mm.
1: well. Yeah. And you know what I always say, man? Um, mm-hmm you learn you meet certain people for for a certain for a specific purpose even when even the people that are within your communities the ones that you are drawn towards that you you're drawn towards those people for a specific purpose some are meant to teach you you know and whether it is by chance that you meet those people it's either they're meant to teach you or they're just there to help you navigate from a particular place and time, and I can tell you now, since the beginning of my journey, in, t- in terms of becoming, I've le- I've had many teachers that have walked with me, and when it was time to let those people go, I I gladly did let them go, and understood that their journey in terms of teaching me what I had to learn has, has come to an end, and-, and there's nothing wrong with walking away, you know, and saying okay the teaching has ended because if i don't let go of the teacher the next one will not come you know who is supposed to teach like ascension into the next level and the next level so therefore you need to let go you know and once the teach, once you've learned what that person has had to teach you you need to let them go so that the next teacher can come Mm. and
0: now that we are speaking of like the need to let go so that you can ascend to the next level of yourself what is this ascension and what is this becoming that we are doing exactly what are we becoming what are you becoming
1: in your journey so for for me I believe that um we are all gifted you know everybody each and every one of us is gifted we come into this world we're gifted and we're not necessarily uh gifted the same way you know um we have teachers we have midwives we have healers and we've got psychologists we have different types of people who who are who, who are gifted differently and even before you were bo- I, I i believe that even before you were born that you when you come into this earth you agree that you are this is what you're going to do you know um in order to contribute towards your community or the or the world in terms in terms of healing or doing whatever and for me along the route as we come to this as we are here on Earth, you know, we tend to follow in terms of what the trend is going on. What the what trend is going right now? Right now, you have that car, get the money, get the bag, look nice, and be on fleek is what's going on. And then we get lost, and then we forget the real reason why we are here. You're not here to to come and look pretty. Well, some people are here to come and look pretty. <laughs> it works for them, but it's not everybody <laughs> that's here to come and look pretty. And there was a purpose in terms of why you were here. And maybe you were meant to be that child to come and build that school and which is going to leave a a long lasting legacy in terms of your people and their progression and into the future, you know? And for me, it almost like me becoming, understanding what really is my purpose. And if if I am a healer, what kind of a healer am I? You know, what is because as, as, as I'm gonna say this in in in, in my language. A shorting is angoma. <laughs> I don't know if um, if it's how <laughs> to translate that into English. A shorting is angoma. Um so therefore you can't just say that you're called to to become a, a sangoma. It, it that can't be. You know, there has to be some deeper something deeper into that you know and for me mm-hmm. i almost feel like at some point we get to the message that oh we get you oh, you are on mute uh, okay sorry a call you, came you in some? oh okay that call came in mm. sorry
0: um
1: well i was good i was saying like okay newsflash mm-hmm. we are all gifted you know um, but what, what why why have you why have you come here what is the I think the true journey is finding out what your gift is meant to serve you know mm. what your gift is meant to serve because I love herbs you know I and I understand and in 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 that understanding that my knowledge in terms of herbs and what they're able to do why do why at this particular moment in time did my ancestors and God feel it was necessary for me to be here having that knowledge? What was why did why why was it here? What what is it here to serve? That knowledge, in terms of healing my people and progressing, and not just my people but myself and my family, you know, as a whole, you know. Mm.
0: Ooh, I love this so much. Yes. I love that you are saying that it's not your purpose to become, just become a Sangoma. The Sangoma, the healer, the heaviness, it's just the title. What's underneath that? Like, why Why must you know Habs? Why must you be the musician who's singing music for people? Why are you the writer? Why are you the speaker, right? What is it that you are speaking? For what purpose? What's the deeper reason? why you have to do it, right? And I think this is why it's so difficult. I know that I've spoken to, um, because my work is to help people actually step into that spiritual mission. Um, And one of the things that I've received, I've heard from uh, the women I work with is that most of them, they talk about how they've always wanted to know what that purpose is and how they have been looking for their purpose. And they've even went on Google to say, what is my purpose? Hoping Google will tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've gotten two people say this to me. They're like, Joy, I have actually went to say, what is my purpose? How do I find it? Right? Um, and and so the conversation of purpose is so important, especially in this pathway, the mission that you are here to do and understanding why we have a mission, why you have a purpose underneath that, right? And in in understanding why we have a purpose or a mission, we can then also understand why all of us are gifted differently and why it's important for you to do your particular part of the mission. Because right now, so many of us are getting trapped in, oh, I will just go be a Sangoma because that's what everyone is doing in the spiritual path. But it hasn't really landed on what is this call about? And what is the mission about, right? That bigger than why? So what have you discovered in your own becoming and how how that has helped you uh, to to let go of whatever it is you need to let go, and then you can step into the mission and the purpose?
1: Um, One of the the biggest lessons that I I had to learn was to always humble myself and do not think that um, you're more important than other people. Everybody is important, you know? Um, And because what i've been what i've what the learning in that is that you find a lot of people right now where they would say or would say, no uh, because i'm here to do whatever it therefore means i'm more important than the other one and whatnot there's no calling which is less important than the other i don't know if you yeah. know, when English is not your first language <laughs> there is no calling which is more important than the other it might look like it's very minor but it, it, the the flatter of a butterfly can make an o- an entire ocean move you know because of the what's this the ripple effect you know and for me that has been one of the one of the biggest list nobody's more important than the other person um we we in as much as our gifts are different we need to respect each other's gifts as well and each other's callings and each other's purposes that for me was one of the biggest lessons that i had to learn with there's no such thing as with no um it may be so but doesn't necessarily mean that your purpose is less important and therefore i need to give you the same amount of respect you know that i would give my elders like the child my son i need to equally respect them in the same way as i would respect my mother you know
0: yes yes most definitely um because now that's the territory of the ego when we begin to be trapped in that this particular role is more important right um so I call this mission codes um, in my work, that every one of us, we have, you know how if in your phone you have different apps, right? And each app for it to function, there were specific codes that were punched in that Mm -hmm. allowed that app to function to its maximum highest potential level, right? And the codes for Facebook are different from the codes of Instagram or Twitter or Zoom, right? They're very Mm -hmm. different. And although Facebook, Instagram and Twitter are all social media platforms and they kind of do the same thing of bringing people together and being, they still have these different ways that they function, you know? Um, I believe the same is true for healers as well, light workers, those who are feeling called, all of us, really. We are different in that way. Some people are Facebook, some people are Twitter, Instagram. And this is what I call like the mission codes. Your mission has its own particular codes. And the task for for us in this journey, when we are becoming, is to keep discovering and understanding the codes and how they function and stepping into it to fully embody our own app because we are the app we are the what did uh go one Not another one we are the shrine essentially right so understanding yeah. your own your own app and how it functions right and that's a process as you were saying is a process that sometimes will require different teachers and so on but just for just to maybe just contemplate on that how has your journey been like in discovering your own particular mission codes? That. <laughs> um
1: you know what <laughs> let me tell you um it's 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 not easy um in terms of me discovering my own code you know because i i'm i'm still i'm still unraveling uh i I don't know i'm still i feel like i'm still in the process of like unboxing you know when you order a package and you go through one layer and i I almost feel like that i haven't even gotten even close to the actual package that i actually ordered i've just unwrapped just the plastic you know (laughs) that that the box is in and and for me i'm like okay um it looks pretty already the box, but hey, there's a bigger package inside. So that for me has been that. And for me, um, it's not having, <sighs> understanding that patience, you know, that patience for me is, patience has been something very important um, in, in, in in my journey, you know? and in understanding my code, like some things are revealed right now. Um, I would have dreams, you know, and some dreams I would understand them right now, but some dreams, I, uh, their importance becomes relevant two years from now. And hence I, I keep journals, you know, and for me in trying to understand my code, I've, I've, patience has been something that has been uh, very, very important and not having a wandering eye. Um, By wondering, I I don't mean, you know how we, there's the saying that uh, having, just looking around and trying to compare what you have with other people, it's it's not the same. That's why you've got different names and you've got different DNAs. It's not going to be the same. And if it's if right now it may look messy and it may look out of order and it may look um, chaotic or something like that but understanding that my ancestors would not send me down a rabbit hole that has no end you know and having blind faith sometimes you know and just having faith that they, they've got me you know they've got me yeah so, so that has been like patience has been our biggest thing patience because sometimes we want to see results now and it doesn't work like that Mm. it doesn't yeah uh
0: i was just having a conversation with a friend of mine um and we were talking about we are both artists she's a musician i'm a writer like it's one of my other gifts and we were talking about how sometimes when you're on the spiritual path you can begin to feel like the spiritual path is the only purpose that you are to do. So let's say, for example, you are like a healer, practicing healer. You feel like I have to heal and I have to heal in a certain way. Like there is, We all have an idea, like when we look at the archetype of the healer, we have an idea of what that looks like. And so we all feel compelled to do it in the same way. And so we, in our conversation today, we're just talking about how even that particular artistic gift is part of the code and it's also part of how you could also heal. You know, and I was, we, I was talking about like how I, I know that when I write my poetry, it's very healing. Someone can read it and instantly feel like they just got cleansed by just reading the poetry. So we're just also talking about the need to let go of the idea of how it has to look, how it has to look, like how the specific spiritual path has to look, you know, Uh, and navigating that. And so for you as someone who is... uh, yeah, you are many things. Seeing <laughs> your
1: bio, I'm still I'm still decoding. Hey, I'm still decoding in terms of trying to understand the code. I'm still decoding. There's things that I have here that I had dreams about and I had bought them, you know. And I've I've got I've got a full set of uh, divining bones that I've never used. <laughs> I've never used simply because I think uh, the teacher has not arrived. I've, I've, I haven't. Gotten to that to 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 that level where I, I I I I can I can use them, you know. um But in in my sense, I at this present moment, I, I'm just comfortable with understanding that I can divine without them. So I'm not sure why my ancestors showed me them. <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. if it makes sense. I don't understand why my ancestors showed me them. But I'm guessing that maybe in time, in my journey to becoming, it will make sense in the future. Mm. I don't know if it makes sense like in mm. it, it will in, in in as time progresses it will make sense and I'm not going to start now saying that oh joy is using bones I want to use bones as well no I can't do that joy is mm. healing through writing I must also write no I can't do that you know mm-hmm. I've I've been gifted the gift of teaching you know um that's 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 something that comes naturally to me i teaching you know i've been gifted the gift of music you know and that's something that comes naturally for me and i heal through that you know um for me i don't I, i i have no desires of becoming everything you know i don't know if it makes sense since having started my journey i think i've let go of the idea of wanting it to look like how other how it looks like for other people i've I've, i have no desires because with that with knowledge comes great responsibility great responsibilities and the current responsibilities already it's for me i'm like okay we're still getting used to this idea you know that we're doing things this way you know and now I'm going to pressure myself and put other responsibilities into the mix that's a lot we put ourselves through a lot and we give mm. ourselves mental stress unnecessarily sometimes to...
0: yes I me. agree
1: imagine me trying to sorry okay. I was saying imagine me trying to <laughs> To be an author now, just because Joy is an author, and <laughs> she looks, she looks, she makes it look easy, <laughs> you know. It looks good, you know, being an author. No, yeah. But,
0: but that's that's the struggle, though. That's the struggle. Um, I'm opening now also for questions. We may begin to share questions, <laughs> everyone. Uh, if you have questions on on becoming and papers and and letting go uh so the struggle uh particularly say in african spirituality i don't know what your experience has been like i feel like because in my own journey i found i i struggled to access knowledge african spiritual knowledge it wasn't easily accessible i couldn't access it in the books i couldn't access it even with the elders, I mean, the elders that do have it, they're not in Kabrone, in the capital city,
1: yeah. you know.
0: And so this is juggling between my own life and trying to understand uh, African spiritual knowledge has been difficult. And being someone who feels called to the path of spirit, I do have to understand African spirituality. So that meant that I had to do this digging and. Excavating knowledge and reading and following other people and understanding other people's path and I think I speak for most people that's how most people awaken. We look outside first in the beginning to understand the world. To we use the words mm-hmm. that other people are using to understand. Like in recent time, if only recent time, am I beginning to map particular ideas? uh in African spirituality to my language because even I a lot of the things I understand in African spirituality are in Zulu and I'm not a Zulu speaker. I am <laughs> Fan, right? So like there's also that dissonance, that difficulty that people navigate where you you do feel compelled to um you know, to read and research. And so at some point you begin to think, oh, to be a Sangoma, you have to be using bones because that's what you're hearing people sharing in in the interwebs, you know, so then you feel like, oh, maybe that's what I'm supposed to also do. Or, you know, you use uh, the Bible or you use water. So like navigating and mapping our mission codes is actually quite difficult. For mm. us in particular, as as African people, because there is the lack of accessing knowledge, accessing mm. knowledge, um, and how in the beginning, because of our education system, we believe that the way to access knowledge is through books. But of course, as mm. you become, you realize you can also just access this directly with your own guides. You could just ask them, <laughs> and they will tell you. But I know for in the beginning navigating I I don't think any one of us can skip the research part of it Mm. right and to truly navigate it we need the discernment may we speak Mm. about discernment when we are becoming and you may obviously also share on what
1: I just shared. Mm. So based on what you just said right now, Joy, in terms of seeking the knowledge and seeking the understanding for me, honestly, I believe that um, there is nothing wrong with seeking knowledge and trying to understand things either through books or sitting with elders and asking them questions and, 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 you know, and I've been fortunate that my family is still a family, is a family that is still deeply rooted in terms of, tradition you know and how things are are done you know Uh, particularly my mother's family they're very still deeply rooted in terms of our traditions and how things are done and for me that aspect in trying to gain the knowledge has been easy has been it hasn't been that much of a challenge per se and for me I, I didn't just in terms of me seeking the knowledge I wasn't only drawn to our African knowledge, but I was also drawn to everybody else's knowledge, like how the Indian people, uh, uh, how that that system works and how that religion works and how that spirituality works. I think I spent some time also in the Middle East just looking also at, I lived amongst Muslim people and I got to understand, um, that's when I had my aha moment, that actually almost every uh, culture uses in their it might come in it might come in different methods or, or, or anything, but almost every culture uses embed. <laughs> That's when I was like, hmm, this embedded thing is showing up everywhere. But in any way, um in your discernment after the knowledge has been acquired and whatnot, it is very important to understand the things that look nice. Because sometimes you want something because it looks nice, you know, when some people are doing it. But then you need to almost understand that is it really part of your purpose or are you asking a fish to climb a tree you know and it's never going to happen if you're asking a fish to climb a tree you know and you when you when you for me I always say that when in doubt because also the ego Gets in there in 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 some way that when it looks nice, you also want to look good, you know. When it, it, Joy looked very uh, powerful and all of that when she was divining using bones, and suddenly I want to say, oh my gosh, I also want to look like that, you know. But maybe you should go back and pass and ask your ancestors if that is really your your path, you know. And for me, I always have to almost check myself all the time that are you doing this because you want to look a certain way? Because sometimes we influence ourselves subconsciously. We convince ourselves, you know, when a lie is told over and over and over again, it, you start believing that it's the truth, you know? And we have to check ourselves. We, we are the biggest liars to ourselves, you know? We will even lie about our own ancestors that, no, Badimu when Wenbadimu have never said that. You know, Mm. and for me, I always say, always check yourself is it something that you're wanting because it is genuinely what your ancestors want for you, or you just want it because you just saw somebody else doing it? Mm.
0: Yes. Yes, discernment. Yeah, checking in with the self is so important, oh my God. And I think last week we spoke about uh, the voice of the soul, the voice of the ancestors, and the voice of the ego, what, that, what the differences are, right? So there mm. is a question here from Ruthie about the ego, since we're already speaking about the ego. So let me start with it. So hello, Ruthie. Ruthie is joining us from the U.S. Uh, so she's saying, thank you for speaking and sharing your journey and wisdom with us. So she has a, uh, a few comments and questions. So she's saying, you use the word ego and ego is a Euro- European concept by Sigmund, Sigmund Freud, the grandfather of modern psychology. Why do you use this? Sigmund Freud once separated and drew parallels between the mental lives and he called them savages. He drew, he drew parallels between us and Euro- Europeans. We are not born with ego. Egos. Ego is born out of fear and isolation. When we were colonized, our egos were born. Freud called the Blacks savages. Why do you use the word ego? Oh, and then let me just continue the question because it's in two parts. You speak of African spirituality, but I hear a lot of European themes, the Bible ego. Yes, it's okay to understand other cultures, theory but what is the African way? Yes. Yeah, that's
1: that's the complete question. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. you know, for me, um, the fact that we're sitting here and having this conversation in English, you know, um, mm-hmm. is, is telling off a lot of things, you know. If I was to start and try and explain these concepts in a language in my own home language a lot of people would would miss it and for me i i'm I'm not one who dissects the what's this the english what's this the english language because that's not a language that i use on a daily basis i use it purely for the purposes of communicating um uh so for for me i understand it from a from a language perspective um that's why when i use the word ego there's no um, the history that she just that she just brought in, it's not for m- for me in terms of defining it that way. Uh, I'm using it because it's a language. But if I was to say explain concepts in my own understanding, it it gets lost. You will never hear it. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. if I'm making sense. Yes,
0: I understand. Um, in African, I was actually just sitting here and thinking what is ego in Swahili? And I wonder, is it Seto or Boto? Or, like I am even lost myself on what is the exact word because African languages are not like, like a lot of these English words, you will not find them existing exactly like that because in African, in African languages, Bantu languages, it's more of like long sentences that are describe in something, right? Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's very difficult. But I think what I, I am getting is, I, is, is the ego real? It doesn't exist in, even in African uh, theologies and African spirituality, right? So, so I think that's what the question is, essentially, not so much of the word. We use the word because English is the the mode of of, language that we're using. But does the ego exist?
1: As a word in in my language. As a a, a concept, you know? Mm. I don't think, you know, I don't think as a concept is... uh, Because we are governed by the spirit of Ubuntu, you know? Ubuntu, you know? Uh, and for for us it's it's almost like a communal thing it's a, and i don't think that back in the days it was something that it people what's this it was a big problem as it is right now i don't know if it makes sense mm. because we were very communal and we not cuz right now we're very individualistic and so we right now we're very individualistic in terms of our, how we do things, and that's not our natural way of operating as black people, as a, as a nation. It's 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 not there, you know. And half of the things that we're doing right now, they were not there, you know. Hmm. Even that whole the whole thing, the concept of Ubuntu, I don't believe that it's a concept that was. That was there i don't think so because i can't think I, of anywhere I have,
0: that a I have a different opinion uh my opinion is uh that they are things called divine logos these divine logos are like universal laws or natural laws that exist mm. and for the soul to embody in the vessel in the human body there are specific ways divine ways that it does that the process Uh, of individuation where the soul individuates into the body that uh, individuation as in when you the soul uh, comes into the body
1: uh, when
0: you embody that that's the ego i don't think the ego it may have been named by sigmund freud but it's a universal concept that was created in the creation of the multiverse by God. And even Ubuntu, Ubuntu is unity consciousness, is the primordial logo that all of us are interconnected. This is no one's concept. It's just the law of the universe. It is God's law, like it's God's divine will. So we may have later on used language to name it and and maybe a thousand years from now, they won't call it Ubuntu, right? Mm. But Right now, there's a phenomenon of Christ consciousness, which essentially is Ubuntu. We've been speaking on Ubuntu. Now, a lot of people are saying Christ consciousness, Christ consciousness. And when you deep down and you're like, what is it? You realize, oh, they're talking about Ubuntu. So mm. if we can get lost in who said what, and then we begin to fight about who, how the person who said this, was a racist and yeah Sigmund Freud had many problematic things but even he did not create the ego and uh, he, he basically just like any white man basically claimed concepts that have always been natively known natively experienced so the ego is the individuation of soul in the body it's it's, and it, you can perceive it in a negative way, but the, uh, you could also notice it as, it's just like how, uh, it's, it's just the differences that exist <laughs> between yeah. one body and the other, you know? And that's what we will call your ego. Like, you know, uh, I am the kind of person who talks a lot. You could call that my ego, my identity. Or that that person doesn't talk much. You could call that their ego, right? And that's just how that soul has embodied itself. So um, I I think it's in recognizing that as we are rejecting um, the colonizers, essentially, (laughs) the colonizers, Uh, we can reject them or we could also realize most of the things that they claim to have brought to us, nothing new. They already existed. We had different names for them and they just tell us in English and then it sounds fancier Mm -hmm. or different or unique and it's like no, everyone, everyone in Africa knew that that child, you know, like for someone that's what they say, this child's identity, like ego it's like this like who did you make she's a quiet one that one mm. are we not talking
1: about the ego there yeah hence I said that uh, the fact that we commun- we're having the session in English for, for me is very telling um mm-hmm. I, I, English is not my first language you know and that's that yeah. it, it says a lot of things
0: but uh, and this is why I was saying there's a difference between the ego as a natural phenomenon and then ego pathology. When the ego now, like they, we are no longer using that personality, which is the projected personality you take yourself out into the world. If you and... begin to use it in harmful ways, that's when we call it ego pathology. And Mukulu Menzi was just saying that this is called... It's related. For example, I can't pronounce this. Ukuzi Kwasha. Oh, my God. Let me write Let it. me
1: see. Is it on okay. the chat?
0: It's on Facebook. Let me write. Oh, it. okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea what language it is.
1: I think it's in Zulu. That's why I said, let me see if I can pronounce it, if I can help you there. Ukuzi <laughs> okay, so
0: he was saying that's related to the ego that's the language. it's narcissism but it's related to the ego um so they, these i personally believe that these concepts they already existed uh here and then they um. Uh, then they are basically hijacked from African people and resold mm. to mm. us as big concept. And then we feel like they're foreign. And this is a form of separating us from primordial language, uh, sorry, primordial la- knowledge from divine logos. And it's, a, yeah. it's important to recognize that, like, what are we rejecting? We, it could also be a self-rejection, essentially, or Actually, rejection of the divine logos, and she's rejection of
1: source. I totally, I understand what you what you're saying. I understand mm-hmm. completely, and I agree. Yes. Okay.
0: Okay. Um. So, I hope that's helpful, Ruthie. Uh, like why we're using the ego is to move beyond the men who, who popularized it. He did not create the ego. He did not come up with that concept. He stole it from God. <laughs> was already here. <laughs> okay. So um, I hope that that was clear for you, but it's also understandable if you don't resonate. Uh, so hello, Pokotel. Pokotel has a question. Um, she, she says she loves what you said about letting go so the next teacher can come how do you know when it's time and is there a
1: way to say cheerio (laughs) (laughs) you know um for for me um it's i never forced relationship i've had to i've always been that person that you know when you follow up on relationships like oh my gosh i need to call joy the moment it becomes a chore i like no this, it can't be a chore, you know, and for me, when it comes to teachers in terms of letting go and whatnot, it's not necessarily saying oh," you know, but um, <laughs> <laughs> there's never like a different in the same way that there will never be a definite moment where you can actually recount when I met this person, you know, because suddenly you wake up and joy is like in my life and like joy is teaching me so much things, you know, and we constantly have teachers around us. It's just that we don't give them the titles of teacher. I, I recognize my teachers because they, 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 they after meeting them, I realized the big shift, you know, in terms of how I do things and, 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 you know, and for me, I don't, I don't suddenly now, because I've met a new teacher, now I'm going to be, um, say goodbye to the old teacher. Who knows, maybe they will come back and they have something new that they have to teach me. And for me, there's never like a moment where there's like, Oh, goodbye or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I do actually ask my, my, my guides, my ancestors in terms of, um, because I take everything with a pinch of salt, hey. I <laughs> I don't just uh, because sometimes we we think, oh my gosh, joy is cool, and then suddenly you want to be taught by joy. Well, that may be so, but is that what your ancestors want for for you? Is there something that they want that joy to teach you? You know, because the moment that you start doing things because you think it's the best, you know, before consulting with your ancestors it's 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 you start having problems so just to answer uh gogotez um uh, there's no moment where i say cheerios i still have most mm-hmm. of the people that have taught me uh, <laughs> uh things and as the new teachers come in i've i realize in the other the old like the teachers that have been there them drifting away and understanding that it has nothing to do with me the time that they had on all the things the teachings that they have they were there to teach me they they they've taught me and hence they're drifting away or they're suddenly now distance between us or people just become busy you know and for me I I take it like that you know and don't I don't force um force that teacher or relationship. When it mm. ends, it ends for me. And I let it go and I understand that it has nothing to do with me. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the teacher did something wrong or they are not good at teaching. What they were there to teach me, it's over. You know, it, they've taught me. And I need to move on to the next teacher. Mm.
0: Yes. And what I I noticed, and it's, you mentioned this earlier, is that a lot of the people who you are going to connect with on your spiritual path they are already like there is an already existing sacred contract that you already have with them at a soul spiritual level so they just will naturally come when it's time like you don't even have to go look for the teacher you know the teacher just and suddenly is there and you're like oh how did so I-? I need Listen, you know you don't <laughs> yeah so that's also and part that- of the process of letting go like releasing the idea that you are in control of who the teacher is like there is a higher realm higher forces in control higher sacred contract that your higher self has created and so of course we have to be discerning when uh, when a teacher comes up in our path but most time when it's in alignment with the highest level or the highest timeline for you and it's part of your sacred contract, uh, it will like there will be that resonance. It will feel good in the body, you know. These are things you need to check your own discernment, like well, I don't know what to call it, like feels blue tick. Of your discernment list i don't know if you have discernment list, like what to look for to check if it's in alignment but yes uh so the teachers just naturally come um when you are ready for them mm. and uh, and so it all happens organically actually i've noticed that
1: mm. it does and for me uh usually the teachers when when how i recognize that this person actually is is there to teach me something you know is that they will never say something or there will be something which I'll be shown about that person which nobody knows like I don't know if it's something if it so it's it's like I'll have I'll have a vision about that person or, or, or or some and it will be about something that is not public knowledge it's not public knowledge. Maybe that I would be like, joy has X, Y, and Z, you know, and it's not public knowledge. And then I'll, I'll say, I had a dream about you and it's it. And then this and this and this and this and this. And you'd be like, you mean this thing, you know, and you, if it, if it is a dream about a thing, you know, and you can and you mean this thing. And for me, that's that. It mustn't be something in a sense that it's so foreign to the point that before you even arrived, I like, there were no traces that you were actually coming i don't know if it makes sense there should mm. be a bits and traces that you are coming either a dream or or something or the, the knowledge maybe you're there to impart that it there's a person who's coming and she's going to teach you this it must not be like a surprise like ta-da, we are here <laughs> <laughs> it must not mm. be a surprise uh that's, That's for me that mm-hmm. and it, you know, what for me, if if they must not even bring chaos into your life, in a sense that if they they come into your space and they find that the teacher that who's currently occupying the space is still there, they it 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 can't be that they come in and bring chaos and suddenly there's uh, beef or anything like that. Then it must tell you that there's something wrong here. I don't know mm-hmm. if it makes sense. Mm, definitely it makes sense
0: uh yeah um that's interesting because i was having a conversation on what are your thoughts on is it necessary sometimes to have not so great experiences in your spiritual path as part of your initiation into your true self which will mean that you will require a teacher who might take you through that experience that is not ideal, that is not nice, that pushes you. And in many ways, it will push you maybe away and then you come back to your true self. Right? I say this because not everyone's journey in terms of like with teaching has been good. Mm, some people experience teachers who in many ways it feels like after you finish with them you have to begin restart or rewire or recode and like everything I just learned yes heal yes and there's a lot of that conversation in African spirituality of sometimes there being trauma around the student and teacher dynamic within the spiritual path
1: you know uh for, for i've heard a lot of stories in terms of um the extent that um the relationship of teacher and student um how things can really go bad i know in some instances it has gone bad to the point that um people die you know um, I was heartbroken that during COVID um, there was such an, I read, I read that in an article that somebody actually died um, by the hand of the, of the yeah. teachers. And which is why for me, I always say that your ancestors will never send you to a place where it's, 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 it's not an alignment with what they need, or it, it's a place where, um, sometimes we ourselves put ourselves in, in a compromising situation because we do things not because it is our path but because we do it because it uh, was this joy and uh, it did it this way so therefore i must do it this way or oh, joy uh we uh, let this this particular healer for help and so therefore I will go there because they will help me sometimes it doesn't it, it's not like that you know and Hansa always say that you need to check yourself that when it comes to decisions about you and your ancestors it's not a decision that actually is you go back and ask source and mm-hmm. pray about it you know first and ask whether it, th- is is this me Nelly making the decision or is it my ancestors guiding me towards this particular place? I, for me, I don't actually, for one second, believe that my ancestors would want me to suffer or go through immense hardship for J for no particular reason, you know. I, I, either it is meant to get rid of a particular trait that I have. The worst instances where I was operating in the sense of. I thought that I knew everything, you know, and then they humbled me, like, come down, you know, Mm -hmm. come back to self, (laughs) sit down and drink water, you know, and for me, that was, that was that, you know, I had to go through that experience to actually remember that sit down and drink water, you know, and Mm I, when it comes to the whole teacher and student thing, I think people are not praying enough about that and pasla. You know, I know I say that um, prayer it's it's something else because pasla and prayer is two different things. But when we say prayer in when we use English for because there's there's no other word to describe it apart from saying prayer. But pas, you know, Ask your ancestors about it. You know, and what I've also realized is that in us pasla see pasha everything we're not taught because of the current environment and i understand why it happens that you end up in a wrong place because we're not taught that this is the correct method on how on how you must communicate with your ancestors you know and suddenly now we're all told that we need to pass. do you mm. know which spirits that you're inviting into your space let's start there because in 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 in, in us pasha ring we've just opened spiritual we've just gone into the we've it's like opening a portal into the spiritual realm and not every spirit that is there is good there'll be good and bad spirits you know and do you know who exactly are you inviting and why you're inviting that person you know it's all love and light let's all pasha let's all sing kumbaya but do we really know and we're not taught those things and i get Mm -hmm. why there would be a disconnect in terms of what your ancestors want and what you want you know because you're not communicating with them properly and that's why you end up the places where you don't need to be
0: yeah
1: this is part
0: of why i created this platform because i personally feel that the core of this is lack of knowledge you know like if if that's the call because we don't know there is a lot of hidden information hidden history uh, and distortions also that exist when it comes to the spiritual path and most of us especially those who are gifted we are so eager to find our purpose to step into our papers and uh we 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 go where we feel like there is information. And even if we're not given the true information, uh, usually it's always the love and light. Oh, just go pack pat- with your candles and connect and call your ancestors. And then you take it at face value, right? And honestly, we can't blame people for taking it at face value because just the very education system did not engage us with critical thinking in critical reasoning, we are not, you know, uh, mm, programmed in that way, like our, 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 yes, our education and processing system is in ways that we, we just believe whoever is the authority, right? So if we go on YouTube and someone says they are the authority and they say, this is how to partner, that's what you're going to do. Right. And so this is what having these experiences of, um, yeah, people having really painful experiences. It's a lack of knowledge. And this is why generally we need to cultivate that discernment. We need to, to take our time with research. And also there's a need for anyone who's ever experienced like misinformation. I know I've received misinformation and I've discovered and I was like, oh, my God, why wasn't I told? I can't blame the old version of me. I have to forgive mm-hmm. that version of myself because I did not know. And then move forward with that discernment, with that critical eye to ask why, why, why. And one of the things I love that you shared is and this has always been the the the, the bell for me, inside me. If it just feels like there is punishment involved the ancestors are going to punish me if i don't do this (laughs) if there's a fear that is being planted within me with a relationship with what i believe to be guides and emissaries of god who are here to help me step into my true higher self then that's the girl so this is for everyone who's listening if anything if there is some practice that you are doing that makes you feel like there is punishment attached to it. Look at mm. that because that's not the experience that you are meant to have. If a teacher creates fear for you somehow, some form of judgment, some form of separation between you and your ancestors, if there's the idea that, oh, come to me, I will come and explain your entire path, then that's a separation. Why can't it be? you and your ancestors and they can help you to navigate that new
1: relationship so it's it's that as well and also remembering that before you before you even find your teacher there will be traces of them long before they arrive you know it's Mm -hmm. not a tada i'm here as i said it like it's not like surprise you know there will be traces of them long before they, they they arrive you will it's either will come in dreams or chances are you will buy certain things you know uh you'll buy certain things and whatnot and you're like oh my gosh you know um you find somebody that actually um it, it, it there must be something that connects you to that person it can't be just a big surprise on the day that you actually meet that person
0: I don't think many people know that, you know, because the stories I hear is you go to uh, a reading or divination reading and then you're told you're gifted and you have to come and initiate and then that's how people initiate, you know, like that information that you have to take time, it has to be a conversation and, you know, you have to see it first and you have to check in and then only then. Can you continue? And that's a long process. Like I mean, you should give yourself time with that rather than, oh, I was told to go do it. I, I, I have to do it now because there's also you're told, if you don't do it, you're going to die. I can't tell you how many times people have told me that they were told that, that if you don't initiate now, you will die by the end of the year. What is that? Oh my God.
1: <laughs> I I was fortunate. <clears throat> I was fortunate for me. That's why I said that. I don't know. And maybe it's because uh, at home, you know, the, the, we've got healers and we've got, uh, we, we still, we're still very traditional in our way of doing things. And for me, I was fortunate that when my awakening began, you know, um, my, my, my grandfather literally came to me in a dream and had specific instructions for me. And there were, as a point where uh, somebody had said that to me and he literally came in a dream and, um, what's this, and spilled all that muti and he threw it away. And that's when I knew that I need to take a step back. <laughs> I need to take a step back. This man just literally legit he came to me running it was very violent he came to me running and he legit threw everything away um i was like love and light guys i'm not saying that you're a bad person but if my grandfather does something like that it's a no (laughs) i'm walking away from this yeah
0: so really listen to your intuition and trust your intuition and also take whatever is being suggested to to the inner temple within you, inner uh, that shrine. And everyone who is involved in your spiritual path must approve, right? So this includes, also this is another thing that we need to talk about. Yes, this includes your ancestors. This includes God this also includes your higher self but the most important and people never talk about this is your inner child like you are part of this conversation the inner child is this this aspect of yourself do you feel safe right this this is a a a a a relationship that you are also part of it's not just the ancestors who have to approve you also have to check in with your own inner vessel you alone you alone and god like that also
1: has to be checked as well right mm. because there will always yeah. be that alarm bell at the back of your mind that will say but uh, <laughs> mm. we we always was this we always uh, ignore that voice there, but and that voice has a lot of important things to deliver
0: Mm. Okay. So uh another question. Oh my god, we got so stuck in this conversation. <laughs> Let's move forward. <laughs> uh okay, so pinky is asking, I completely resonate with the concept of the ego pathology and the vow of savus. Being someone who has childhood trauma, um, I ended up choosing a career of this Yes, a lot of people who experience uh extreme childhood trauma I mean all of us we do have childhood trauma but like uh, where you know essentially the trauma was yeah defining she ended up choosing a career of so the question she has is did her career choose her or she chose it as part of trauma
1: response great question for
0: me Mm -hmm.
1: so uh, I'm a legal professional I wanted to be a doctor, (laughs) I didn't, I didn't want to be a lawyer, I wanted to be a doctor and I don't know what happened, I think my parents probably couldn't afford medicine, uh, medical school, Um, and then I just went to law, I was like, oh, okay, you know, (laughs) it was like, okay, you know, and then I went and I studied law, you know, and that was, that was that, you know, um, and in, in some way, um, there hasn't been, uh, the, the in my, how I've been using my degree, it hasn't been for, as, as an act of service to, it can't be seen directly as an act of service. You can only see it now, currently, um, that it is an act of service when I help people at a price that you wouldn't it, you wouldn't get that under normal circumstances and I help you just simply because I can and it's not me uh, wanting to, what's this That like this is my career path, no mm-hmm. if I have a spare time and I can help you, I, I legit help you you know yeah. and the price would not be the same so I don't think I chose my career, to, my career as uh, wanting to be of service to other people
0: I think that it's both uh, because I think one of the things we don't really understand is the sacred contracts we make before we are born. Before we are born, we create a blueprint of our experiences and some parts of those blueprints include some traumatic experiences that you decide you want to heal through you, through your body, through your, your blood, right? And um, because you go through that particular trauma experience, it leads you to the calling. And that's because where the shadow is, that's where the gift is held sometimes. So sometimes where your trauma is, it's where you will be gifted in because it's through going through that trauma that activates your what is called the cities, the, the Sanskrit word, uh, they call it the city. The city are the divine logos like courage, love, mm. strength. Um, yeah, so these different things that come up, or uh, compassion, uh, yeah, peace, all these things that we all aspire for. For mm. each city, each So, for example, I'll give you guys an example with myself, Uh, my, my, my shadow is control, I always wanted to control everything. And that came as being a first child, a firstborn child to, I guess, teenage parents, because my mother was 19. And then, so basically, they were still kids. So I had to also participate as a firstborn and do some part of mothering and fathering, which created a trauma response of control where I then grew up as someone who wants to always control things, which, Mm. however, underneath the control, it made, there is the gift of authority. Because I know how to control and manage things, I'm really good in leadership and in authority in Mm like, This is what we're doing. my trauma forced me, and but this is also a gift, like the ability to lead and be in authority. And the CD, which is the highest level of this shadow, is Vala, and Vala is really you could think of it as you know the medal of Vala, They're like great saviors like mm. um, courage and love like yeah so I'm kind of like that kind of person in my highest level I will die for a mission I will die for an idea it's it comes from that it started with the shadow with the pain and it grew to create when I am in my vala, I am actually inspirational right so I don't mm. look at our trauma as like oh, did it then am I just a creation of that no there is a part of you, that, I woke, woke the gift because of the trauma. The gift was already there. The trauma activated it in a particular way. And maybe that's why that's part of your blueprint or part of your, your sacred contract. So it's both. Like, you chose it, but maybe you, you didn't choose it in the moment, though. you chose it way before it even started, before you were born, because your gift was connected to that. That's what I think.
1: <laughs> so, I chose it the law thing I chose it long before i was I, 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 that's I, what I, I, mm. uh
0: I think that's what is what I call the code. You already had the code uh of of law i mean not law of speaking of justice, probably you so wanted you know justice, and that's a gift you have and speaking and uh, yeah, equality and, 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 and then the role of the law, it's just a way to express a gift that is already mm. innate within you. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. yeah, I get it. It's part of the code. It's part of the code. Yeah. Yes. You see, cool. this is why we are still in the process of becoming, you know? We're not there yet. <laughs> we're mm. still trying to reach um, that, that, that. Our, our, the best version of ourselves in some way, and sometimes you have to let go of the things that you thought you knew.
0: Yes. Okay. So one last question from Ruby. Uh, thank you both. Uh, with much respect, I Pasha, I call in the I call in my ancestors the good one, the known and the unknown. But you speak of not doing the right way or being taught the right traditional way, but I noticed that the information is not given out freely. It's kept within the tribe
1: and culture. Why is that?
0: This is a great question.
1: Yes. Um, is she specifically asking in relations to Okpaila.
0: Yes, and I think the conversation we were having about like how sometimes we end up in the wrong places because we did not know this information especially within African spirituality so why is this information not accessible
1: well sometimes the 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 um, ooh. There's a, there's a lot of reasons why certain information is not easily accessible and why some sometimes some people don't speak about certain things. And for me, I can tell you this now, um, the specific things that are done in my family um, that you would not find in any other place and it will not work for you because it's not part of your, what's this? Of your of oh. of your line of yeah of yeah of your code, mm-hmm. and for me I can't I, I that's the that's the thing, and some things are just family secrets you know, um. Also, it, the reason why the whole patterning process is different for everybody, and sometimes it's different that we need to expect, accept, it will be different. There will be some basic things that will be the same, but it will be different for, for, for everybody. Because you might find that there's certain incidences that happened within that family that require you to no longer perform a specific ritual in a certain way, because it probably does X, Y, and Z, you know? And for me, sometimes some people, because it comes from a traumatic experience, they don't really wanna talk about that, you know? and they don 't really want to talk they don 't really want to talk about what really had transpired, especially from somebody who's coming from the outside and like, "I want to know about how to partner and everything like that and they don 't really talk about that and for me it 's also difficult because of our history. we also need to be cognizant of our history of where we come from. We have an act that specifically forbade us from doing certain things, you know, and dare you certain things in a certain way you would now be called a witch you know and you will be arrested you know and along those time, people started not accepting their gift or if they did accept their gift they started not practicing in the way that the, it, the, the ancestors initially did things you know and they started doing things in a certain way and over time certain information gets lost mm. and that's why it's so hard to find some some information you know th- there's a lot of factors that I, I i like i can think of a lot of factors why it would be so hard to get the information there's a lot of factors and sometimes it's merely just to protect you as the person because as a mm-hmm. healer certain things that you get told that you're not supposed you can't even share certain things with another healer you know because of the amount of responsibility that information actually has you know um that this is why they told you because they trust you enough to be able to not use this information for bad, badly you know and you must preserve that information and as a healer, as well, you can't tell the general public about certain things simply because you want this and they need to be protected of how it may turn out in the end, you know, because mm-hmm. we, we work with, with spirits. And in as much as I said earlier, in as much as there's good spirits, we need to be cognizant of also the bad spirits and the bad and the evil spirits, you know, at the same mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And hence, sometimes it becomes very difficult when you want to in, to to access information and also preserving the knowledge. Some people think that by not, they actually want to preserve the culture, you know, from uh, modification or uh, mm-hmm. expropri- expropriation in some way, you know, mm-hmm. preservation. Yeah. Yeah definitely a
0: lot of aspects come into play with with the sacred knowledge. And um, the thing about like the spirits that are trickster spirits, unbounded spirits, uh, malevolent spirits is that their power is derived from distorting what is divine and Mm. then using that to separate and delay the ascension the becoming the enlightenment of our species right so one of the reasons why this is sacred knowledge is because if it's not in the public it cannot be distorted and then so for those who are going through initiation then they will receive that information and then they will preserve it and um another element is also like what you are saying It's that every lineage has a particular um process and codes that even if we were for example say we were healing with water we might find that we don't heal in the same way and we might Mm. find that there's a difference within the specific spirits that we are working with even though the tool itself is water uh the medicine is water so that's why it will not serve me to learn how you do your healing because if i try to use your quote and way it will not work with my people and my 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 lineage it will just be like yeah we have no idea what you're trying to do here right so that's one of the reasons and another one is also that uh what, I forgot what I wanted to say. Um,
1: I just saw um what's but there's this? also
0: oh there's also from what for, for what you are saying, Ruthie, I can tell you that other cultures are able to share because when they were colonized, they were able to preserve some of this knowledge by inputting it into their cultures, into the norms and like a way of life. But for us, when colonization happened, there is a way where this was like actually taken away and replaced completely, right? So we also have a lot of like retriever work that we are doing even as healers and having to look at what is a real process and what's not real, what's a distortion and what's not a distortion. So we are still decolonizing And our colonization as Black people was different from other races as well. So we have to look at that. And there's also um, the the fear that we have around sharing this knowledge and how it could be used for negative, uh, it could be used against us in in, in the long run. But one of the things that I have learned from the ancestors they say this is not an issue as much as we imagine because we can go to them directly to learn these things right so if you have the basis of call in spirit of light call in those who work with uh with god and just like there are some ways you could check in and you will know in your body when something is off when a spirit is Mm. not of light and these spirits they have they function with within the law of free will uh, where if you ask them and if you declare and command they have to respect that even those that are malevolent so there's also that and then you can learn directly from your ancestors how to do it because for me that's how I I, I learned a lot of things like the way I do my partner courses it's the way that my great grandfather who is one of my ancestors taught me in the dream state basically taught me the step-by-step process so there's also that that when you continue with this you you start with the calling in the good and then you ask them please teach me how to do this this will be taught uh, to you we have access to the akashic field it's never lost the no information is ever lost
1: uh, mm and also it's not a matter of us not wanting to share sometimes um we share information the ones the information that we share and the ones that we don't share it's trust me it's for your own protection sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> it is for your own protection at many times that you don't you don't share because how certain things are done if you make one mistake you've just Messed up a lot of things. That's why, for me, if I don't know it, I know about my, my boundaries. If I don't know it, I would rather do it under the guidance of uh, an elder, you know, somebody who's more experienced, is more mature right. and understanding. That and for me, that's that's just that. And being honest with self, like, hey, you don't know how to do this, you know. I think that's 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 just that. Some things are just we can share, but not everything. Mm. Yes.
0: Yes. Oh my god. This conversation was so good. <laughs> it feels lucky just like okay, here, but I'm told it's almost two hours. My god. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for this conversation. I hope this has been illuminative for all of you who joined us and who are watching this and uh you learned a thing or two from this conversation i learned a thing or two and this has been really uh just affirming to this journey of becoming and learning to let go and stepping into blind faith and surrender and i think the takeaway is um the biggest ego pathology that we have to drop in if you are in the spiritual path is the idea that we know yes drop it (laughs) drop it And this path is long. This path is the path of the mystery. So each time you think, you know, you will keep having to let go and then step into another timeline, another information, become another version of yourself. So in accepting that this process is continuously asking you to drop and drop, we will have less pain when we are going through the initiations that we are constantly moving through in the path of becoming. Mm. Yeah.
1: That is
0: very so, beautiful. Fuku, <laughs> yes. So, Coco, how can people connect with you, and what are your last thoughts? Yeah.
1: Um. Sorry. I, sorry. I didn't quite get catch that.
0: Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was saying. <laughs> um, Maybe I didn't say anything. Even I don't remember what I'm saying. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Your last thought as well as sharing with people how they can connect with you and the works that you are doing.
1: Okay. My last thoughts, you know... um, in the, about becoming, um, it's 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 really a journey that you can't. It's not a three months type of journey, um, and you, when you when you start becoming who you were initially meant to be accept the fact that you will have to shed a few things you know and those are the things that the things that you will shed off are the things that you are needed to shed off so that a new thing can be built you need to break down the walls in order to build a new wall you know um for me that's that's just that's just that you know and moving away from the idea of thinking that you know everything and accepting and living in the space that you don't know everything you know and knowing that not everything is actually about you you know how (laughs) it's not about you and sometimes it's about the the your community you know so yeah those are my last thoughts and learn to communicate with your ancestors like some 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 things um that will be your biggest challenge learning to communicate with your ancestors it's still a it's still it's still a challenge for me like I I still struggle sometimes you know because I'm like yo you guys are so quiet lately (laughs) you're not saying anything what's up (laughs) you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, Wi-Fi is not connecting. No, it's not connecting. There, <laughs> there's no hotspot. I'm like, so <laughs> the that will for me that has been the biggest challenge. That learning to communicate with my ancestors. Wow, it's a lot, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, those are those are my last words. But once you once you do listen to them, they will never lead you down a a path that has no where there's no ending not necessarily ending where it's it's they always wish you well, you know. So once you learn to have that link with your ancestors, you get to learn about your purpose and they will lead you and constantly be guiding you and towards the step towards a righteousness. I don't know, lack of a better word I'll say it righteousness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much. I completely agree. That's Step number one in the past, get the Wi-Fi password (laughs) (laughs) and get the Wi Fi connection and make sure that if there is any you know the Wi-Fi is not acting well, you need to fix it. That's if you could master that part, the Wi-Fi your ancestors, that's what (laughs) we mean.
1: The connection. You need the plug. You need the plug. Yeah.
0: Uh, once the connection is there, here, and um, unfortunately, the password will keep changing. So you have to keep yeah. checking. Is it the same password? I will still. And then you. I will go together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because so sometimes that like you don't have the right password. You're still in the old password, and they're waiting for you to connect. To
1: the next. <laughs> that is so true, and it's the most simplest way. Like, keep on updating that Wi-Fi password, you know, yeah. to stay connected. Yeah. Okay. And you said ah! where can people find me? So yeah. people can find me at at Smokeless Fire on Instagram. Um, on Instagram, I think the fire is spelled with F-A-Y-A. smokeless fire it's a private account so don't worry if you if you try attempt to follow me i will i will accept and then on facebook it's at smokeless fire the fire is spelled with f-i-r-e smokeless fire so um also the work that i do i work i work with amazing colleagues um at it can be natural healing that is where we i i do most of, of most of my of, of the work that i do you know um so where you would find us on it can be it's it can be natural healing on instagram on all the platforms you know it can be natural healing instagram facebook and youtube and you get to find uh most of the teachings that we that we deliver on uh on on Sundays, on mm. our in healing sessions.
0: Yes, yes. Oh, it can be is the the place to be. You guys have been doing a lot of amazing work, and you've been offering also your wisdom around herbs and Plans and and so I've been learning a lot from you on herbs. <laughs> and I think you you have videos on YouTube, so you please go check them out to really learn about natural healing how to heal naturally with the natural earth the natural knowledge and processes
1: yes because yes, we we do deliver a lot of stuff about herbs earth um and also spirituality you know using what the resources that uh the the divine has given us you know mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone for joining, all the questions are more than welcome, we learn through these questions, you know, we also as like the ones who are like guiding this, we learn and refine through the questions, so they're more than welcome, with you. and thank you everyone for joining and asking questions and just being part of this community, we are left with three more conversations. Uh, and then we will be wrapping up our masterclass series i hope you've been having so much fun and that you will join us again on friday 5 p.m yes and i'll see you next week and we will wrap up then yes okay thank you (laughs) thank you you. good night good
1: night